Now is your time to flinch. What up everybody and welcome back to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. We've got another amazing show lined up for you today. The topic is going to be centered around game changers. Uh, we're going to get into King James and the debate between King James and MJ. We're also going to have Carol's take on the P7D Game Changers training program. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let me go ahead and introduce my guy. So first up, as always, the CMO, Faison, what's happening? Times are changing. Every day, we won't get by on those same old ways. Welcome, everybody. Enjoying you all here. Appreciate you. Love you. Let's have a good time. I see you switched it up this week. <laughs> Trying we got- to do something different. Mixing and matching. Easy, easy. We got Deacon Rupert back on the call, man. I guess because we're going to be talking about the finals or whatever. So since it's basketball this week, he said, oh, I got a lot to say about that. No, I got a lot to say about that. But it's a, it's a morning. It's a Friday morning. So the baseball stars at school, not at the baseball field. <laughs> easy, easy. We also got Mr. Logistics with the special guest appearance, man. What's going on, BJ? Hey, we took some time out. Do something for the people, man. Okay, easy. <laughs> DJ, very be fresh. What's going on, brother? Nothing much. You know how we do. I saw Art just kicked a hot, like, seven bars. I mean, he's spitting. He's about to go to the cypher. I respect that. You know, musically, we can dig it. Hope y'all can dig it. I'm ready. It's my birthday weekend. I'm trying to turn all the way up. So, uh, let's get it. Let's get it. (laughs) Happy birthday, fresh. And as always, the prolific one, Carol Cadillo. You look war ready today, man. TTG, you got your camo shirt on. What's happening in sunny Orlando? Oh, man. Man, it's not even sunny out here, man. It's gloomy. Um, Animals are running for shelter from the incoming rain. Yeah, it's been raining a bunch in South Florida, Central Florida. So it's all good, though, man. I'm good, man. Out here picking up the pieces of me. I'll explain that later on. But yeah, man, just out here having a good time. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. And I'm, so, I'm, and I'm glad and I'm glad to be back. You know, I had to kind of take a back seat last week to T.I., you know, so I'm sure you guys are glad, too, because now I'm just not going to be on here making faces at you guys and doing all types of stuff. So I actually have to listen, keep up man. with what's going on. Yeah, you were all time last week with those faces and everything. Like we said, man, once these recordings come out of the podcast and y'all can actually see the craziness that happens on screen, I promise you the listenership, well, the viewership at that point will go up tenfold. But easy, man, I got a question, man. Uh, We're going to jump right in. We're going to jump right in. Since BJ and Mike are on the podcast today, I have a question, man, because you know you two are vets in the game when it comes to this parenting situation. And... You know, I have my son full time right now. I have my daughter as well, but my son's four years old, right? And I thought, you know, people tell me about the terrible twos, and that kind of, you know, it spills over into the threes or whatever. But now we at this point where he's just really, really struggling with the following directions, man. And it's not, it's it's me to a certain degree, but it's really bad with women. So I know his mom probably spoils him, you know, while she's with him or whatever. And I, I guess it might be difficult because that's her baby boy and, you know, you don't want to do too much or what have you. And he's so little and he's young, but I feel like you know what he's doing, man. This dude is a mastermind. <laughs> but then again, also with his teachers. At they the, all are. Exactly. 
But with his teachers at the daycare, they're all females. And even with Chris, you know, like he just like he doesn't listen to direction. So I wanted to ask y'all, did y'all have to deal with that with y'all kids at an early age? And if so, man, how did you kind of counteract that? Because I don't really want I, I try to use the physical discipline as like a last resort. But it seems like I'm having to go that route a little more often than I like to at this point. So I wanted to get you guys take on it to see if, you know, if I can make any changes or what happens. Yeah, you Mike, you want to start out with? Uh, this is cool, man. So, uh, all right, so I, I start out with some experiences. So, one of the things that, that just hearing you from from the start is that consistency, like that that transition between, like, say, as mom, and then with you, and then having teachers. If if there's not a consistent um, way he's being disciplined or a consistent reprimand, then that that challenge he's gonna do he's gonna test the waters i expect any kid to do that like again again teaching in elementary school it's i mean any any grade level you see it um as a brand new teacher walking the building as a parent no matter what aspect you take it from kids are gonna try to push the limit to get away with whatever they can get away from and unfortunately sometimes taking it to the, the physical discipline part again that's something that again i i experienced as growing up myself um i'm not against it um but i know there are there are limits to that especially nowadays when too many people are in everybody else's business um but at the same time i i think you need to handle your business around your own home because again you're training your son up that nobody else should have to discipline him outside of your house especially others that are in other authority to then use different consequences as we see nowadays with a lot of our youth around the nation but consistency and then also one thing i had to learn with so i have two sons and a daughter um my youngest son is eight years old my oldest is 10 um but my youngest son um i realized with him when it would came to not listening and not following directions i i let well a, a little bit of special ed background came in as well from school um from my undergrad experience but it was i had to break it down in chunks for him i couldn't give him a big long laundry list of things to do my oldest son i could tell him from a to z everything i want him to do and he's gonna go do it my son i need to tell him a and b and then c and d once a and b is done i couldn't give him a whole bunch of everything at one time he processes it but he's not that focused to get it done so there's different strategies um but it, at the end of the day, it goes back to consistent, consistency. If you're consistent with what you're doing, Chris is consistent with what he's doing, and you have that conversation with mom as well, that communication has to be in what, and everybody has to follow and back up everybody else. Got you, got you, man. I, and I like how you said how you break it down, A and B and then C and D. I, I find myself really trying to explain things to him because I know he, he's a smarter child. Um, he understands what's, what's going on. I feel like if he has that understanding of why he shouldn't be doing certain things and why he needs to act a certain way, and then you throw the, the incentives in there, then hopefully I don't have to resort to that physical mode of discipline. But like you said, us growing up, I mean, I had to deal with it, you know, uh, with my mom and my father. So, I, and I don't think it's anything wrong with it to a certain extent, as you already hit on. Uh, Mike, Mike, what's your take on the situation? Yeah, I had to have a conversation with him. So, uh, Mike was the youngest of the three. I got the two girls. So, um, my dad kind of went through the process where he was like, every female 
can be somebody's mother so you should always treat them as if you would want somebody to treat your mom so that mindset of putting that in him to where there's always a love between the son and his mother to where it's that bond so i start building off of that early and i did it from both sides so i let von know like this is what a guy and a, we're thinking as son so it's a reason why they say mama's boy it's not that we're like that we're protective of you we love you we understand who you are and what you meant to us so you need to use that as his mother to build on that to get him to understand the female perspective of life I can deal with him on the male perspective, but you got to get him to understand everything that he's going to be going through as it relates to females, how they think about like the things that they're thinking for him. So when I start having those conversations with Michael, it was about one respecting women, regardless of who they are. So whatever they say, however they do, you be respectful. There's no hitting. So he would go through a period where as a boy, you want to wrestle. So I only got two right. sisters. So there was that conflict that as a boy, sometimes it get out of control and you want to fight. Well, Destiny will allow him to hit her. Yasmin's not on it. So he hit Yasmin, Yasmin hit him, he slapped her. And it was almost on. But she's to a point where like, I'm not gonna play with you like that. So he had to understand like, you don't do that regardless. Like, I don't care who it is. I know you're playing. I know you feel as your sister and it's that sibling. But we go back to the same thing, just like BJ said, consistency. I've been talking to you about that since you were a baby. So as it got older, it's been different points in his development where you got to come back to it. We're talking about terrible twos. When we get as males to 12 and 13 and start going through the body change and we start stinking, we start doing stupid stuff. So literally his last day of school <laughs> and when we left Ohio, he got he got suspended for throwing rocks out of a window on the bus going to school. Like, really, your last day of school ever in Ohio, you are throwing and he was it was like a bag of rocks, like fifteen he was throwing at college. So he collected those. Right, but it's he's going through it. I'm like, why'd you do it? I don't know. And then you think about it, remember, like, I don't know a lot of stuff that we did, that's the change. So you always gotta make sure that you having them consistent conversations and I will point it back to just respect the women, respect of everything female, respect your mom, because if he's saying he's having a problem with females, that can spiral out. And you wanna make sure you got his voice and he hears your voice and everything that he's doing when he by himself. One of the things you got to understand, too, is no matter what type of discipline, because you got to go back to the root word, discipline, you're going to teach somebody something. So, and a lot of people just think discipline is straight, some type of physical punishment. So when you're teaching somebody something, there are, you have to have a lesson of what's going on. So my boys, I may be getting mad at them or, or I, I'm talking to them, whatever. And it gets to a point now where really, if I talk to them, I don't have to resort to that because you can see it in their face. You can see the remorse in their in their body language, everything, and their processing everything. But I have to walk away for a minute and then say, hey, okay, so how can I relate it to him and go back to him and also have a conversation about what was going on? Have a conversation yep. to, to let him know what was going on and why I, why I reacted the way I did. I was going to say I have a unique take because um, for those who don't know, my daughter is my stepdaughter, but I've been with her since she was two years old. Um, so I have the 
unique hurdle of having to raise and discipline a child, but also having to sometimes walk on eggshells because you never know what her father is ultimately going to hear or, you know, have his own take on to have to deal with, you know, any type of repercussions on his end. But I think the the one thing I found is just like BJ said, the consistency of a showing her love but then also showing her disappointment, showing her when she is not doing, regardless of what it is, when it's not in line with with what needs to go right, being able to explain and show her, like BJ said, it, it's not with me about any physical discipline. It's uh, the look I remember my father giving me from across the football field when I wasn't doing something right and me feeling that, that cloak of shame and that cloak of, okay, I need to straighten up or it's gonna go down that it's the same thing if you keep that consistency on them you explain and and don't treat them um so much as a child treat them uh as a human being and explaining hey this is what needs to go on this is why and this is or this is why i'm now upset with you you know this is what you did wrong and being able to identify have them understand and know that even though you are disciplining them in that moment Overall, they still know that you're disciplining them from a space of love and not a place of, you know, trying to point the finger at them or trying to do anything else but build them up to be a better member of society. One of the things we always, I, I talk to Gina about all the time is that we have high expectations for them regardless, no matter what they do. But have we all, always clearly communicated to them what those expectations are? And sometimes we hold them to those expectations and they don't really understand or know what you're expecting of them. I mean, we do that in the society. We do that with um, bosses, with subordinates, and everything. Sometimes it's just that communication is not there. And how do you uphold something when you don't know where that bar is? So we. Well, the hardest thing in raising a child is you get caught up in, especially once they hit an age where they can really communicate with you, where you start to treat them like your peers and your friends or family members and, and think that they're. Um, their uh, mind state is at the same level that yours is and so you expect for them to remember things and do things that normally if I tell BJ or if I tell Carol you know hey this is what I need or that's what it is they can consistently remember that every time but when you go ahead and um, are doing that with a child you you wind up getting frustrated and you have to take that step back of realize wait a minute this is a child I need to help them build their mind in order to understand how to develop and do these things as opposed to feeling like oh yeah you know i've been with my daughter for 10 years that doesn't mean that she's a 28 year old you know it's it's, she's still a a 10 11 12 year old and so it's a big difference i think art had an amazing point he wanted to make (laughs) Uh, no so i i um you know ever since the birth of namdi and and ej and i so we're both greek um she's delta I am a Kappa, um, and we, I've always talked about the ability to take him through the mental part, I understand, the mental part of, of pledging, so I'm looking forward to getting him in a mindset when he needs to be reprimanded or learning uh, learning steps that we'll be able to go back through my process that I had and teach him those things so that he can understand the uh, our replications, I guess that's the word I'm trying to think of, for um, repercussions. Thank you. Repercussions. <laughs> uh, the repercussions. I was gonna let that one slide. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. The repercussions of his actions. So be it for uh, disrespect or be it for, you know, success or, uh, you know, he can lo- learn those things through the process. So um, I'm going to have fun with him when he's ready to, <laughs> to get to that table. He can actually do some, some Kappa TV and all those kind of cool things. So looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I think that's one of the uh, benefits of growing up in a Greek household, man. He's going to get all of those benefits when he's uh, when you talk about discipline and uh, respect and deference and those things of that nature. So I'm not worried about it too well, much, but it just it just concerned me because I wasn't used to it, you know, and then coming from him at such an early age, for the most part, Kellen been a good kid. So I, I never really, you know, seen him like try me or others in that manner. But it, it just seemed like he trying to step out the box. So, you know, you got to reel him in. Really, man. But I appreciate that uh, that that advice. Go ahead, Carol. Mental start, terrorism. Start the now, bro. Mental terrorism is always better than physical. Right. Yes. Discipline. Right. Start start play. Hey, so now. so <laughs> there is there is there is one point that we did not hit on, and I want to make sure that we talk about it because, as you said, Kellen has been a pretty good kid to this point. And in addition to him changing from being with his mom to being around you, he's now around a different set of kids. So there's a certain amount of mimicking and influence that those kids are providing. So it is very important, in addition to the mental terrorism, uh, which you you'll you'll you probably won't have to deal with the effects of that until he's out of the house. But um, you've got to instill in him that he is an individual and he does not have to do what he sees other people do so that 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 leadership is something very important from a very early age because you want to role model the behavior that you expect others to, to role model and you don't have to follow uh, the other kids that you see. So you can absolutely act independently. And that doesn't mean that you're weird or you're a nerd or there's something strange about you. It is OK for you to be different from the other kids. That is that is a great point. And I would definitely put that in the bag in the inventory. And I appreciate that. We got to definitely make sure that, again, just kind of wrap. We got to make sure we're modeling everything we expect of them as well. That's that's the main thing. I, that do do as I say, not as I do type mentality that you see out here a lot. Oh, that's dead. Um, that, that can't be with it because the kids nowadays, they're too, too advanced, far more advanced than we were ever at these ages. Um, and they can call the BS and they know. So it's just if it's just words, it's just gonna be words. They're gonna end up doing what they want to do. So you have to be the true true example too. Awesome, man. Yeah, appreciate that conversation, guys. So I definitely want to take this opportunity to go ahead and jump into game one of the finals. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll definitely be Mike sat up to the camera, Sunday. everything. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see, him got excited. I'm excited myself, man, because I definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely a big KD fan, although I don't agree with the decision. I think it was probably one of the weaker moves he could have made with his decision to go to Golden State. I'm still going to follow my dog, and I want him to get that ring, and they should be beating them by 20 points or better with the team that they have. But uh, we can go with the game one takeaways, man. I'm going to go to Mike D first, man. He's the basketball expert expert on the podcast. What you think, man? What you think? Man, that's a whole lot of stuff that goes into, like, Mm. I'm from Cleveland. I'm not a mm. as a as a kid as a kid I was torn from being a Cavs fan. It goes back to everybody from Cleveland knows. It goes back to the trade around Harvey. So since then I've never liked the Cavs, and I had 
the privilege of coaching a high school team when LeBron James was a freshman in Ohio and the kid that I was coaching was number two ranked. LeBron was number one. So I've known the inner workings of him going from high school to college. And I've been on record always as saying he should have went to college. So with that and my distaste for the Cavs, it's personal. I really don't like one. So, <laughs> and it's because, wow. of, it's because of the way that they played yesterday. So, like, when you look at the East, mm. they bully the East. Like, the benches jumping. They got their legs kicking. They doing the arrows and all type of stuff. But when it gets hard, they just quit. And it's like, he quits. The only person that you see that consistently plays throughout a consistent basis is Kyrie. And Kyrie's almost like, a, okay, I'm going to hold the team down until LeBron comes back. And then you have the national, the universe, talking about he's the greatest player in the world. Can't nobody stop him. He's better than MJ. He, eh, no. Like, you got to keep it in perspective. And it's looking at the way that they played yesterday. Jordan would have never played like that. They're not losing by 30 in that fashion. If they are losing by 30, it's a whole different dynamic. But, like, he's crying to his teammates. This dude's 6'9", 260 pounds. Somebody slap you in the face, man. You shouldn't be acting like somebody shot you. Like, he shouldn't. I hate the fact that he cries after everybody touches him when he bullies his way to the rim all the time. Right. However, so you, I think I think, I think, you made a couple of good points. Um, I definitely want to get into that MJLBJ conversation in a second. But that quitting factor. So for the first like quarter and a half, two quarters, maybe the first half, LeBron was on and his team just wasn't giving him everything that he needed to kind of help out because you know when LeBron is at his best he can get you a quiet 30 10 and 12 and you'll be like dang how did he score 30 points because he was living from the free throw line he was getting to the basket he had that MJ like fire in his eyes for that first quarter and a half but as you said once it got hard Kyrie wasn't hitting those shots. You know, his bench wasn't really working out. They tried to sub in Deron Williams and Kyle Korver, and they ain't really getting much out of that. There was one moment, particularly, I think it was either early in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, when LeBron Jack, I think they went back and forth. It was like fast break after fast break for like a minute. And then he just came down the court and jacked the three from like 20 feet behind the arc. At that point in the game, and I think they got it to the, they got the lead down to about five or six before it just got out of control again. But at that point in the game, I saw the quit in his eyes. And so when people talk about those comparisons to you know Michael Jordan and them just being game changers in there, right? I don't really know that you can compare the two. First of all, because they play the game two totally different ways. But when you get into the people talking about oh. LeBron scored more points than Michael in the playoffs and things of these nature and the statistical references numbers will tell you one thing but when you actually on the court and I feel like I feel like they both impact the game in two completely different ways and so I don't ever think he'll be greater than Michael Jordan if he wins this final somehow some way it'll definitely be close because he would have climbed and seemingly insurmountable mountain but Outside of that, man, I don't think it'll ever be close. One, because they play two totally different games. And then statistically, LeBron James has, like when you talk about the playoff points reference, he has 25 more, 25 more games than Jordan had to get those points. So obviously, if I got that many more games to score 30 points, I'm going to get the record. But um, I'm going to get you guys' takes on it as, as, though, as we hey. go through. Go ahead. First of all, I hate that we're even 
doing these comparisons on this podcast because I hate when people do it because it's a different league. You got a different Fair. level of player at this point, and Fair. they play two different positions. So I, I don't even like the comparison, but we talk about the quit factor and LeBron was two assists away from a triple-double. He had 28 points, 15 rebounds, eight assists. He led mm-hmm. the team in assists. He was second in rebounds. I don't know what what else there was he could do. So, for instance, the Cavs had a total of 15 assists. So what does that tell you? There's, he had eight. Eight of them. Mm. Mm. And that's my point. He had yeah, eight of them. Even though he he, so, he he shut down well, because it wasn't anything I think else it's he could more, do. And his team, the, the pieces around him didn't show up like they should. I don't think have. it's quit. I think it's it's disappointment. And and look, I, I'm I'm a LeBron James fan, but I will never uh, say that he is greater than Michael Jordan because again, like Carol sedated, it's it's two different eras. However. You cannot, um, as much as he did on the court last night, I don't think it's about quit as much as it's about the disappointment of realizing, man, even with me doing this, and he did the majority of that in three quarters, three quarters. that he's like, nobody else right now can help me. What What is going on? And it's looking like, hey, I brought you guys. I told you guys, hey, we're coming to the big dance. This is what we're going to do. And when you get to the dance and show up with all your homeboys and then all of a sudden they have on bad suits and they didn't do like, hey, we said we were all coming with the, you know, the the, the matching lapel joints and, and we're going to have bow ties. And then all of a sudden you guys got on regular ties and, 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 and Adidas and just have everything, <laughs> you know, thrown off. I think it's more the disappointment of like, oh, man, I thought we were we, we were coming here to 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 shut it down. We were coming in here to make a statement. And now I'm, I'm making my statement. I'm on the mic and I'm looking at my band like, what what is what do you mean? You don't remember the song. What's going on? You guys aren't doing because he was he was getting them shots. He was people were just missing shots. The defense was horrible. There was points at that game last night. It looked like an all star game. Exactly. It was just like, hey. Just, just everybody run both sides. Both <laughs> like, to have, like, I think there was eleven dunks in the first quarter. Power dunks. It was, it was what, what eleven power dunks. Yeah, not even like, <laughs> hey, yeah, like it, it, it was, open lane, almost jump from the free throw. It was crazy. And listen, I, I think it is exactly what Ian said. It's here we are, in the third quarter. We have a chance to get closer. I don't know if it ever got closer than twelve points in the fourth. I think it was twelve. Yeah. I, I, yeah. At some point, you got to say, hey, this is exactly what I was talking about. I told you guys you weren't mentally ready for this. And here we are where we come out and I'm trying to get you guys involved, but you guys just aren't executing. You you aren't executing. And there's no way the biggest that thing with LeBron, they're never going to win games with 15 assists. The 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 uh, Warriors had 31 assists as a team. And the Warriors just got straight disrespectful. We're going to put these bums in off the bench and let them shoot threes on you. Um, because they, they were definitely just, trying to mortally the, wound the Cavs for the rest of the series. Like, these bums going to come the here. Warriors Matt, Matt, Matt Barnes were is in the holding, game. They were holding that grudge from <laughs> last year. They have been holding on to it. KD has been holding the grudge of the whole year of everybody talking to, about him coming. That it's, you know, there was a lot of um, fireworks that were lit last night. However, it was that that moment that you you noticed from LeBron was, again, the, hey, we're here. And him as a leader, he 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 is a, a 
a very on-court coach type player where his mentality is already going to I need to start grabbing on the moments right now in this game and I'm going to start pinpointing to everybody that we're going to talk about right as soon as we get back into this locker room and I'm going to be getting on everybody to this is what we're going to practice on these next couple days in order to to make sure we can execute uh in the in the next game that that's the big difference is that he he goes to a different mind state whereas MJ was kill 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 and and yeah he's LeBron has made more points and less shot but the uh MJ's mentality wasn't about caring how many shots I took it was about winning the game by any means any necessary, means necessary. Where LeBron is such a basketball um computer that he has too much matrix that goes on in his head and that's why a lot of times he winds up in a sense missing opportunities and not doing if you if he would have been as much of a, a bully as he's been like, especially this last half of the year, his whole career in the sense of being able to, you know what? I'm going to go to the basket and there's nothing you're going to do about it. I'm going to get a foul. And, you know and what exactly. points he would have had and how yeah, dominant exactly. he would have been? Listen, this, this, is the last, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I also feel like Michael Jordan would have went and got Scottie Pippen and whoever was not mentally in the game, they'd have probably whooped their behinds in the locker room. It and nobody would have said a word about real it. Quick. <laughs> and nobody would have said a word about it. Real quick, Le- LeBron in the locker room, Le- they would have. LeBron would have made a close I, circle we, we, in a huddle. We don't know what's going on in the locker room now. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. So I don't I, know if LeBron is. That I guarantee type of you, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron can't do that. No, it's not happening. He, he's too big. LeBron hit you, he gonna break something on you. Yeah, but Jr. But he might break something. But it 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 comes a point in time where your growth as a leader leads you to that point. And I think Faison is gonna you know hit on that in a second. But it comes a point in time where he's the man on the team. He's doing what he needs to do to get it done. And he is known for elevating those around him. Like he is at his best when he has those eight assists, those thirty points, and those twelve rebounds. And it's quiet. Like it is quiet. But it, it, his growth as a leader is gonna, you know, what takes him over the hump. I'll let Faison go ahead and expound on that a little bit more. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about, and I want to kind of go into what happened after the game ended. So normally, LeBron, when game ends, he he gets blown out. He shoots right back to the locker room. You don't see him. Um, his teammates usually all come right behind him, and then you, that's it. This game, and if anyone's watching the game around 11 something, he was walking back with straight energy, but he stopped. He turned around and he started giving low fives to the whole team. And I think that was a point when, as a leader, he said, I can't just be selfish and why did what happened with me. I have to go there and tell the whole team, hey, we're going to get better next game or game two. It was the first time I saw him not take it all on his chest for himself and actually spread the love to the team saying we got this going forward so you know he's growing and i don't think game two will be the same as last year where they got blew out even more it's going to be a tough game for them but the fact that this time game one he didn't just run to the back and get upset and start throwing things or whatever may be in the locker room he showed that he's growing as a leader and he's ready to become that next level person easy easy so who y'all picking for game two Oh, with the Warriors, Cavs. sure. Cavs. <laughs> I, it won't be a, man, won't be a blowout, but it will be the Warriors. I, I say about 35. <laughs> one, one, thing, one topic we did not bring up is, you know, the fact that LeBron had to deal with that uh, horrible piece of racism at his home. Oh, man. That, yeah, that's you know, a, that fire's yeah. still building up. In yeah, him. absolutely. Right. And, 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 you know, just like you said, a, a silent 28, uh, 10 and, and, and 8. 8, is that what the stats were, Carol? Uh, no, 28, sir. 28, 10 and 8? 
15 and 8 excuse me again where it's uh, Le- LeBron is that he 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 wasn't even turned up the whole game you know so being able to do that in essentially three quarters last night I'm, I'm expecting him to really step up his game uh, to uh, another level and look for him to do 35 plus but then I'm also looking for a lot of those shots that were not falling in a lot of the slack defense that was going on for the Cavs to not be happening in um this this next game. And can I make one quick point? Go ahead. Okay. Jr. Tristan Thompson between the two of them, they had three points Ugh. and two assists and four rebounds. No, as That's starters, nice. you you guys got to do better. But it's nice. I am not a fan of Tristan Thompson at all. I oh. So, um, Tristan Thompson. Thompson. But but, yeah. but but before hold on Good. hold on. But before we go, I just want to say. I, I hope that the announcers and everyone on the team would stop being so surprised at how many rebounds the Cavs get from Golden State because that's a team that shoots. They're going to guarantee get 30 semi rebounds. So I'm hoping that they just stop saying this because they miss a lot when they shoot threes all the time. So if you're a listing announcers, stop talking about how many rebounds they're getting. It's going to happen. All right, so I'm going to refute that point because it's offensive rebounds. (laughs) And when you're talking about how to beat them, you can't give them second-chance shots. And I'm pretty sure they don't get that many offensive rebounds a game. And that's where you you brought up the point with Tristan Thompson. He got to be bigger down there, man. J.R. Smith got to be able to shoot lights out. That's what happened. Thirty. Golden State easy, was getting though. second, and third chance opportunities nah, on like some of the so crazy stuff. It, the Cavs been playing like people forget that there's a difference in level of basketball. It's almost like the East is the minors and the West is the majors. Like the Cavs been playing wow. against Boston, the Wizards, the Hawks. Like there's no team in the East that could compete <laughs> with the speed of the Warriors. They just moving to. If you look at how the Cavs they are, they like tired. Me on the court, it's, like, it's a track meet. Right, and that's not going to stop. It's not like you're going to get faster in the next week and a half. The Cavs don't have enough people to score points. Even if LeBron get 45, Kyrie get 30, mm-hmm. K-Love K- get 20, that's like 90. You figure JR and them will get 20, that's 110. The Warriors regularly scoring 135. Like, it's, it's not enough. Like, even if if you think about, you said Jr. and Tristan Thompson got to pick up their scoring. Draymond didn't score. Klay Thompson didn't score. Like, those are people on a regular basis. Klay Thompson is not going to miss open three-pointers the rest of the series. Neither is Draymond. It's literally no answers. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough people. It's hey. not- that's that's what they said Man, last, last year. year yeah last you know year what? was a little different last year, last I think year they didn't have Grant, kd wasn't I there the i know last year was checking inside by the I nba yeah, i know i think the warriors got I know. a little cocky last year they was up 3-1 and they kind of coasted like yeah we better than these dudes because they start mouthing off a little bit after game three so as long as they don't hey, listen off and get hey it, listen hey listen that 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 player that's not on the court call the NBA and that money revenue, the Cavs are going to win go. the next game because <laughs> Golden go, State go. wins the next game. Ratings are going to go down. People aren't going to be watching. So Cavs are going to uh, win the next game. I'm not, I'm not a believer. We're going to leave that one there, man. We got to tackle that on the next podcast because I'm definitely not a, firm, a believer in this whole NBA got a John rigged or whatever. But we'll get into that at a later date. Um, I definitely want to give Carol an opportunity to jump into the Game Changers, man. Uh, P7D, the Game Changers training. How has that been for you, man? Man, it's been a phenomenal experience. Um, I really wish 
Shout out that to I can have all you guys with phenomenal. me. Phenomenal. Actually, I was shout out to Eric Thomas. <laughs> phenomenal. I think I think that's his word. <laughs> but I really wish I could have all you guys with me through all the phone calls the messages daily i get three messages daily from like the coaches um the one-on-one sessions it's 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 just amazing and look we've been trying to if you go back and you listen to the early podcast you hear look i've been trying to establish this for years and it's amazing how just in a couple weeks the amount of focus and guidance that i've been given that's gotten me down to a very specific lane and i think we've talked about um, what is it that's your gift and what is it that you're supposed to contribute? And, you know, we kind of go back and forth with, can you do more than one thing? Or, you know, should you really just focus on one thing and, you know, be the master of that? And, you know, they've really broken it down to something that even us as, as a group on here that on the 13th floor that we've never brought it down to is that, hey, look, you really want to go out here and master this one lane just so that you are mastering that lane. You are the master of that. People know you for that. But then that opens up so many more opportunities for you that, hey, you can go dabble in all those opportunities once you've mastered your lane. And, you know, we won't let the cat out the bag now, but the because we're doing some branding stuff and really trying to get down the principles and everything. So when we finally release to you guys what my lane is, um, there are going to be people out there. that are going to be like, oh, my gosh, where have you been? We've been waiting for you. Um, I'm already starting to experience that just with the people that are in game changers of holy smoke. This is what this guy's going to be talking about. We've been we've been looking for you. We've been waiting for you. So it's amazing that what they've got me narrowed down to is something that there's going to be no question if I'm qualified to talk about it. Uh, there will be nobody will ever say, well, what? Well, why should we listen to you talk about this? It's going to be real obvious why you should listen to me. And guess what? There's nobody else in that lane. Nobody else. So really quickly, uh, the potential is there to go from a few people know about us to everybody knows about us. 50% of the population knows about us overnight. Uh, So just really excited about that, man. And look, we say it all the time for people to get around those people that can impact your gift, your career. Uh, what it is that you want to give to the world, there is no, there is no greater uh, gift. There's no greater contribution. There's no greater thing that you can do for yourself than to get yourself around people that are already doing what it is that you want to do, or that can influence um, your course of decision, your course of action. It greatly cuts down the learning curve. And man, I'm, I'm just grateful that we took the leap and actually went for this opportunity as opposed to you know, puffing our chest out and be like, man, we don't, we don't need them, man. We don't, we don't need to work with them. We can do this on our own. Yeah, we could do it on our own, but we have cut out so much of the time by, by investing in this and doing this. I think that's the biggest thing, man, is the investment. Um, you know, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, as people trying to get a side hustle going, um, especially if you've accumulated a knowledge base and you feel like you know what you're doing, um, and, and you you starting from ground zero. So, you know, it, it's a lot to say that I'm going to invest this large portion of money, this large portion of time 
into something that I'm not really sure what I'm going to get out of it. And you've been seeing uh, some success on your own, building your own platform, building your own business. However, when you talk about the investment that we made with P7D and the people that are pouring back into us, it's coming back. And, and it's more than just marginal success. As he said, they, they were able to narrow down the lane because beforehand we were, you know, with the speaking ability or your speaking message, it was really broad. And that might've been an issue that we just didn't foresee way down the road. So I think the biggest thing that I get from all of that is actually making an investment. You gotta make sure that it's a credible source. I definitely feel like we did the research as far as that goes when it came to you know ETA, P7D, and knowing that they were a credible source. So don't just go for it with anybody that's saying, hey, give me 50 or 100 or $1,000 and I'll take you from A to B, no problem. Make sure it's a credible source, no, but that investment, man, yeah, you you got to do your research and look, we we started doing our research two years ago, right? We started following Eric Thomas. Exactly. We started attending. We started going to events, just trying to get a vibe for okay, you know, let, let's really find out about these guys. We started trying to talk to the people at the top, and we were never pushed away. So when this came out, it was easy for us to make the decision. So Faison went to uh, stay ready with uh, EJ, his wife. Um, what was it last weekend two weekends ago um yeah and even though i wasn't there you know they were still like oh hey art what's going on you know blah 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 and you know everybody that's you know up there at the top knew exactly who he was connected to you know what we were trying to do once again thanking us for being in p7d and game changers and, and just really excited about what it is we're going to do so when you see that type of response it lets you know that we're not just a number right there were some other people that we could have went to for training um, that would have probably been more, let's say, world recognized as far as name recognition. Um, and we would have never seen that person that actually leads that group. We'd have never touched that person, spoken to that person. You know, as far as Eric Thomas, man, we 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 actually sat and and with his mom. You know, we sat with his mom when we went to uh, P7D, and we were right next to his mom, and she was talking to us. We were talking to her. She sat with us for like a whole day. So, you know, that that just doesn't happen. So just the genuine nature of, of ETA is, is what's, you know, made us gravitate towards them. And there's a lot of similarities with people in our group, people in their group. So, man, I'm just excited about what the future holds and, and, and where we go from here. Definitely. Definitely. Man. I think that's awesome. One of the things I think is the biggest takeaways for anybody listening as far as whatever your career is, is the fact that, you know, we did the research. We we not only uh, did the research, but actually had the opportunity to go and feel these these guys energy and, and feel their spirit and really get a better idea of what they represent as real people. But then from there, understanding that it's an investment in yourself and instead of, um, you know, I deal with a lot of businesses and what I call the, the slice white bread syndrome where they figure that whatever they're selling is the greatest thing since sliced white bread and they don't need to do any advertising or any expertise. They can just open up their doors and now everybody's going to come flooding in. And it's about understanding you as a person, you as a business you need to make that investment in yourself and understand, you know, nothing is built in a day. There are very few and far between things that are, you know, that instant viral effect. And I know we get 
um, shaded with how uh, of a right now society we have become with the internet and, and how quickly we can demand, uh, you know, information and, and resources. However, the reality still shows that these things take time. You have to have an investment in yourself. And a lot of things that people assume or thought were viral and instantaneous actually had a lot of work and preparation that were put into them. It was just that now they've finally come into public light. They've finally been accepted by society or they've finally been brought to society's attention. I like what you said, man, with that nothing was built in a day. I think as long as we keep that mindset, I mean, honest, I mean, we've been working with Fledgeology for a while. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, a lot of people looking for that side hustle, whether it's to get out of your current job or just to get a little bit of extra cash flow in. Nothing is built in a day. Take the time, make the investment, make the right investment, I should say, and, you know, work on those things and you'll start get, reaping those benefits. That's all I got today, Jim. Move the investment away from the, the, the monetary mindset and push the motivation towards the, the the satisfaction and the happiness mindset. If you look to push whatever you're doing into a space of happiness and well-being as opposed to just monetary gains, that's where you'll be able to actually uh, ultimately create those monetary gains because of the energy and, and um, power that you're able to you know create and resonate of happiness and success. Yes, sir. Here it is. That's all I got today, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go to Carol's closing, man, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the motivators at Fledgeology, where the mantra is leap, grow, fly. Carol, what you got for the people today, boss? Hey, once again, just a uh, happy birthday to Fresh. Um, unfortunately, happy by the time this podcast out. Nice horn, Art. <laughs> Better believe that. Why that just happened? Uh, unfortunately, by the time this, season. <laughs> unfortunately, by the time this comes out, uh, you know we won't be able to tell you guys to go check out Fresh at the Bikes on the Beach Festival um, on North Beach. But uh, Fresh is DJing that uh, for two days, so uh, the man is working on his birthday weekend. So. Anyway, chase the dream, baby. No work, bro. Get up there, spin records, oh, slow down, slow down. drinking, oh, drinking oh, mixed oh, drinks, wow. enjoying the party. We will have another podcast. <laughs> we will have another podcast on wow. the, 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 the 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 misconception of how much work it truly is to be a DJ wow. and the um, amount of Very fresh, anxiety you that you hey, feel audience. Um, <laughs> audience. At, a, at a point when you're you're supposed to be in a state of enjoyment. How much anxiety you can stress in in the middle of an amazing party like carol can can vouch and attest to this but let me tell you do not get it twisted being dj uh is not the glamorous and in free-flowing you know party career save it, that save many it, save assume it, save that it, it is week, exactly we're gonna we gonna, we gonna get into it you are up next sir save it <laughs> ladies ladies and gentlemen that that might be the reason that uh, the moderator gets replaced next week because Fresh <laughs> definitely is going to take that one to heart and will probably take ha! over the show next week. <laughs> but bars, hey, let's let's, bars. let's get the people this message. And I think the message, in light of what we just talked about, is there are people that there's something in your mind, there's something in your gut that you feel like, man, this is something that I want to do. And you're holding yourself back and don't be afraid to put that out there to other people, because once you put it out to other people, 
they're going to start to clear the way for you and you're going to get to a point where things start to make sense and it starts to become clear. I, I thought that we had this figured out and that we were well on our way. And then when you when, when we got pushed on what is it specifically that you guys are going to be the this is your lane, you master this lane and nobody can be in this lane without coming through you. Um, that really changed things for us. And listen, I cannot express enough how exciting it's going to be once we finally put it out there. What what it is that my name will be associated with, what uh, my teammates will be associated with. And w- listen, we got our hands out there in a few places, but we definitely going to master these lanes. So be fresh. Uh, he's going to master the DJ lane for what he does. And trust me, he definitely brings a unique skill set that not a lot of DJs have, Uh, you know, on the education front, there's definitely some different things that members of this team have that is a totally different viewpoint than what traditional educational field have. So from a marketing standpoint, the CMO, you know, he, he is just he walks into a place and remarkets your place within seconds. So there are things that are going on um, with the various members of the team that I'm so excited that I'm going through this now, because now that I'm going through this, I can pass this on to them for their particular lane. And we can narrow down their lanes and get them to the same level of success that we foresee for myself and for Fledgeology. So, hey, you can be there, too. Um, it, it just takes, you're going to have to expose yourself a little bit. You can't stay in that protected zone. If you're going to stay in that protected zone, guess what? Those dreams, those goals, they're going to be in a protected zone that you'll never get to. They'll be behind a wall. So come out from that, that layer of protection. You got, you got to strip yourself down, uh, and expose yourself to really get to, if, if you want to grow, you got to know where the pain points are, what the faults are and improve on those and build. Um, and you'll get to that ultimate life that you that you desire. Remember, on the 13th floor, there's no windows. So you got to take that jump. So what are we jumping out of? Hey, man, how you going to tell them there's no windows and then we always talk about <laughs> wow. views are amazing? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that different perspective we was talking about from the DJ um, uh, for Barry B. Fresh, man. He, he, we jumping out of something. That's it ain't going to be it's windows. The windows. That's because it's the windows of your mind. And no walls. Exactly. Aha. No walls. Well, just because there's no windows doesn't mean there's not window frames. So there's the frame oh, of the window. Nice there's just save, no bro. glass. Cool story. You know, I'm hood. So when I say window, I literally <laughs> you mean the glass. glass. So we, we just not jump through the glass. You know, exactly. Nice cool story, So bro. there is areas to jump out of, you know, but not, you know, the windows are your mind, bro. Jump out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank you all for listening here with us on the 13th floor, man. Remember, you can catch this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube. We uploading the videos to Facebook. You can always stay connected with us at Fledgeology.com and shoot us an email, a message. If you're looking for bookings, info at Fledgeology.com. But that's the show, ladies and gentlemen, here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. 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 Oh, shake it. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it.